0: What's up, everyone? This is episode number 79 of the Wax Museum Podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle, and as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast, my Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. All right, so we have had another busy week in the NBA bubble. Uh, We ended up with a couple of game sevens, which I certainly didn't expect from those two series. We had an excellent duel between Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell, and then of course we had the boycotts that stem from some of the recent events in Wisconsin, and that happened literally right after I recorded and edited last week's episode, and speaking of last week's episode, I got a lot of good feedback on that one, I know a lot of card shows are still postponed So I'm glad some of you were able to to live vicariously through my card show experience. It was definitely a day to remember for me, and I'm glad I was able to take you along for the ride. As far as today's episode goes, I have a few things I want to talk about. I'd like to give some general thoughts about SGC. They made some headlines this week because of a gold label Michael Jordan rookie. I want to talk about our role as ambassadors for this hobby And I'm going to close by talking about my appearance on Darren Ravel's weekly Twitter show. Okay, so let's start with SGC, because truth be told, I've got a bit of a bone to pick with them. Um, I know some people are upset with them because they're slow. I know some people feel like they pulled a giant bait and switch. And yes, those things are frustrating, but I'm more fed up with their tone than anything else as of late. Allow me to explain. As you guys know, I am not a frequent flyer when it comes to grading. Do I own graded cards? Yes. Do I buy graded cards? Yes. In some cases, I prefer buying graded cards. But this year was the first time I actually sent in a submission. And I chronicled all of that in episode 67. I even, you know, I did the unboxing on my YouTube. Go subscribe there if you haven't. But as I discussed on that episode, I went with SGC for a number of reasons. And when I approached them ahead of time, they even gave me a handful of free submissions to try them out. And that's not why I went with them, but it was a nice little bonus along the way. Um, I'm very thankful for that. And it was a positive experience. It was a lot of fun. So much so that I decided to grade with them again. And I'll get to that in a moment. File all of that away as context for now. So this past weekend, Heritage Auctions featured a 1986-87 Fleer Michael Jordan SGC-10 Gold Label. For those of you that aren't familiar with the Gold Label, think of it as SGC's equivalent to BGS's Black Label. And, you know, I don't think the Gold Label features any subgrades. I'm not trying to say that these two are um, equivalent when it comes to value. Um, But the idea is similar. It's the highest score you can get with SGC. And this card was the only SGC 10 gold label Jordan rookie on the population report. The card got a lot of attention um, and it sold for $420,000. And, you know, one of the people posting about it or one of the groups or companies in this case was SGC. And, you know, I can't fault them for that. It was a big moment for them, a big moment for their company. So uh, let's see, though, how they chose to respond to the occasion. Um, they posted a video on their Instagram and the cover image simply said, check your facts in all capital letters. And this video featured alternating text on two sides. You know, one side of the conversation would show up, uh, and then fade out. And the other side would come in. I think this was supposed to simulate some kind of text exchange between, between two friends, Um, if it was in person, it's, it's awfully awkward to have LOL and that kind of stuff in there. So I think it was text. I'm going to read through that for you, just in case you missed it. And you can find this on their social media, you know, go follow them, whatever, see their post. Um, so the one side started just sent my Jordan rookie off to SGC. So pumped to see it in a tux. And the other side replied, LOL, why SGC? Well, Their holders are sick, they actually know cards, and their grades are super consistent. What do you have against them? Haha, what a clown. Good luck selling that thing. Whatever, dude. This company's making waves. Just watch. You know that card is getting bought, cracked, and subbed to one of the other two. Times are changing, bro. (laughs) Bro, no pop control, no politics, no BS. Uh, and he continues, they're on the rise, to which the other side replies, LOL, in all caps. Well, um, there are little conversations over, and the Jordan gold label then pops up on the screen, as well as the winning dollar amount of $420,000. And then it flashes the cover image once again, check your facts. And like before, it's in all caps. And before I even read the comments on this, um, Well, my first reaction was, why did I just watch that? Uh, But then I remembered, you know what? I create content, so (laughs) this is going to be, this is going to be just fine. Um, My second reaction was, you know, that seems a little snarky and predictably some of the comments were not so kind. And since the company encouraged viewers to check their facts, there were a number of facts in the comments, mostly revolving around submission dates. And it made me think about my current submission that's just sitting at SGC that I alluded to earlier. After my first experience with them, I sent another order. This time, a two-card order, um, a Griffey rookie and a Cream Abdul Jabbar or Lou Alcindor rookie, 69 tops. And I paid for a 10-day service, hoping that I would, you know, probably get them in 20, maybe 30 days max. At that point, I, you know, I thought that was reasonable. They received the order on June 26th and, um, you know, I haven't heard from them since then. And I know they're behind, but that was over 60 days ago. I thought I would have heard something by now, but nothing. So I reached out to them and the response was fairly quick. You know, I figure (laughs) I figure they're used to this response by now, probably a copy and paste, but here's what they had to say. Hello, Kyle. Sorry for the delay in processing your submission. We are currently facing a a two-and-a-half-month backlog that is wreaking havoc on our turnaround times. My best guess when you will receive your submission back would be late September or early October. I know that this is not good news. The delay is affecting us negatively as well. Every day we are working to mitigate the delay and bring it closer to normal turnaround times. If you need anything else, please let me know. Brent Martin, Collector Support. And I thought that last line was kind of funny. If you need anything else, you know, Brent, you're a grading company. Um, What else would I want from you other than graded cards? And while I appreciate the apology, there was one line that they snuck in there that really stood out to me. I'm going to read that again. It said the delay is affecting us negatively as well. And I don't want to read too much into that, but it's funny to me that they're trying to portray themselves as victims, you know? Oh, well, it hurts us too. Uh, but that didn't surprise me because it's fairly consistent with some of their other communication I, uh, that I've seen from them in recent months. You know, gee guys, we got really backed up. Um, I know we marketed our entire business around speed. We're sorry. We're hiring new graders. It takes time. Be patient with us. We want your cards to be graded the right way. Yada, yada, yada. And you know what? I, I took that for what it was and I didn't really complain about anything. I just assumed that they made some mistakes It was all growing pains, and they learned their lesson. Well, then I see this snarky video they made for the Jordan sale, and they're going to flash one high-end card in our faces to try and counter the claim that their slabs sell for less. And you know what? I can't speak for cards across the board. I haven't looked at every card. I really haven't looked at a lot of them. But guess what? I talked about this just last week when I went to trade my SGC 9.5 slab The dealer told me he had to value it like a PSA nine. And I knew that going in, I knew that when I graded with SGC, I wasn't mad about it. It was just a fact, but that's the fact, you know, it is what it is. So look, I'm not done with SGC. I want to see them do well. I want to see a third grading company really enter the fray. And I think that's evidenced by the fact that I've been reaching out to them since October of 2019, when they started commenting on some of my stuff about the grading industry. Um, I think competition is good. And if other companies feel threatened enough, I think it can push them to be better. Just look at this um, potential, I'm going to call it an overthrow. I know we've kind of danced around that term before. Look at this potential overthrow at PSA. It's forcing them to make changes. I do, however, have one closing message for SGC. I think it's a bad look for you to try and play the victim when people ask legitimate questions. It's even worse when you try to pair that with snarky, boastful videos. The I told you so rhetoric in this video was never going to work because we remember all of the other things you told us months ago. You can't have it both ways. Well, before I move into today's main segment, I want to take a moment to tell you once again about Fanatics. Someone messaged me this week to let me know that they bought a four pack of Utah Jazz masks, and no, it wasn't Adam. Uh, But thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me that that you would support the show in that way. Uh, Whatever NBA gear you're looking for, there's a good chance Fanatics has it. And now you can use my affiliate link when you shop. Just go to www.tinyurl.com WMPod and click the Fanatics logo at the top. Shop as planned and the show gets a small commission in the process. It's a win-win. Once again, that's www.tinyurl.com WMPod. Okay, on to the main segment. So now that school is back in session... I've had a few people ask me if my co-workers know about my hobby. Well, the short answer is, if I talk to them on a regular basis and we talk about non-work topics, yes, they do. Because I'm not shy about it. Um, For whatever reason, there's some negative stigma around some hobbies, including our hobby, um, that there should be shame associated with it because it's a kid's hobby and what have you. You know, I think that's kind of silly when I have co-workers and friends that go to Disney World on the weekend and they take pictures with someone dressed up as a giant mouse. But you know what? That brings them joy. It's nostalgic for them. It's not my thing, but I totally get it. And the same goes for sports cards. I want to be an ambassador for this hobby. And not because I host a podcast about it. No, just because I simply enjoy it. I think we should all try to be ambassadors and representatives of the things that we enjoy it doesn't mean that other people will like them too but at least it gives them a functional model from someone they already relate to on some level and the reason i brought all of this up today is this i have one co-worker and he's really that i know and he's really into the history of basketball and he collected sports memorabilia and vintage cards in the past and some sports magazines and I've known him for over six years now. And he's always asked me for updates on my 72 top set. So that was something that we kind of bonded over, even though he didn't currently collect. Well, uh, when we all came back to work a couple of weeks ago, I knew he had some old stuff at his house. And, you know, I'd never seen it, but we had talked about it before here and there. And I said, hey, man, this stuff exploded over the summer. You really need to go digging through your stuff. And for proof, I pulled up prices of graded Kevin McHale rookies and Jack Sigma rookies. Uh, And we actually, we got a pretty good laugh out of both of those. And um, that was a week or two ago. And he ended up, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit since then. And he texted me this week and he said, dude, two things. Number one, cards have gone sky high. I have the bug. It's crazy. Number two, I looked up local card shows and there's one in the area I have a new bank account with my wife's approval, $400 to play with my PayPal is now linked to the new account. And we talked a little bit more and we talked a little bit later and he told me that his weekend project was moving all of his street and Smith and and sporting news magazines upstairs and his cards downstairs and his wife calls the whole operation his rotation. Um, But all of that is to say he's excited Um, and then as a result of that, I'm excited. Because this hobby is better when you collect together and you find people you can interact with. And I have a lot of great hobby friends in other states. A lot of you guys really that I've met through this show. But very few local guys that are into some of the older basketball stuff um, like he is. And, and he's talked about getting some stuff graded. And he's doing a lot of studying right now. Uh, you know, I love it. Um, and he's also diving some into soccer. I told him, hey, that's not my area. It doesn't interest me not trying to steer him away from it, although I did say, you know, you should probably keep buying the the dead basketball players, but um, it's great that he's able to explore some on his own and find out what he likes. And remember, all of this happened because of conversations that I facilitated about the hobby in the past. It kind of ignited some stuff that was already there for him. And, you know, we don't know everyone's context. Um, There's probably some underlying factors that um, could make this hobby appeal to them on a bigger scale. So wherever you're at, don't be shy. Be an ambassador for this hobby. Share the hobby with others. So speaking of being an ambassador for the hobby, I I had all of that written up last week and ready to go. And then something else pretty crazy happened Sunday night that came up out of nowhere. It goes right along with this. So I'm going to splice it into this segment here. Um, at some point on Saturday, Darren Ravel, which you guys, you know, you're probably familiar with him. He talks about sports business. Um, he used to work for ESPN. I, I think he's got over 2 million followers on Twitter. He's got a pretty big following. Well, at some point on Saturday, he rattled off a couple of tweets about a Luka Doncic RPA, National Treasures RPA, that was up for sale with PWCC. And in this first tweet, he asked potential bidders, He said, so the fact that his autograph has been called into question and the fact that a seven on his Jersey does not have that formation, she's talking about the shape of the patch isn't material here. So he's asking a question. And, you know, honestly, I thought the Jersey numbers were something that Darren was already aware of. He's covered quite a few sales with LeBron James RPAs. All of those have had screen printed photo shoot jerseys. He covers a lot of the big sales in the hobby. You know, I think his intentions are good. He gives the hobby a lot of mainstream exposure and helps to normalize things. Um, Occasionally, though, he needs some clarification here and there when it comes to the more nuanced sides of the hobby. So he got a lot of snarky responses from people on his timeline, but there were a few people that responded with a more civil tone. And one of the people that stepped in and tried to be civil and tried to help was Jake, from 90s b-ball cards on YouTube. Make sure to give him a follow, subscribe to his channel, check it out. Um, he, you know, he's a content creator, but he's a friend of mine as well. And I hadn't really looked at Twitter on Saturday, and I didn't see it initially. And Jake responded to him and explained that a lot of the rookies at the photo shoot, um, they'll put them in number 88, just so they can put those jerseys on and maximize the patches. Um, and he Credited me and said, you know, I learned this by listening to the wax museum podcast. So I definitely want to thank Jake for a being a loyal listener, but also be um, sharing the information and tagging me. And once I saw the tweet, I was tagged in, I responded to Darren and a few other people that were in his um, replies. And I, and I tried to give them more specifics, at least from what I knew, you know, I'm not trying to pretend anything that, um, or make up things that I don't know. So um, I linked a conversation that I had with Tone Stakes about memorabilia and autograph cards. And for those of you who missed that, um, Tone is a former, I think, Upper Deck and Panini employee. I uh, chatted with him in episode 60 and 61. So I recommend going back and listening to that. Uh, in fact, I listened to part of it again this week. I learned a lot from him, and I think you will too. Um, but when it came to this Revel tweet, more than anything, I was concerned that the information in the replies, uh, needed to be factual because a lot of people chimed in, but there was a lot of misinformation there. You know, everybody's an expert. And, uh, one guy even tried to qualify his response by talking about how he used to work in the industry. Well, his information was still wrong. So I tweeted Darren and suggested, you know, maybe, you know, here's some information that I know. Here are some people that I've talked to. Maybe you could clear some things up for those that saw your previous tweets and, um, you know, those were, that were reading the comments. And that's what he did. He said, quote, so a couple answers we got from the Luka card that is being shill bid on eBay. Not only have the autographs been questioned on these cards, but the jersey he wore was number 88 at a photo shoot per Wax Museum PC. So all these expensive Lucas don't even have game-worn material? And now, like I said, I thought he knew that already, but I appreciated the fact that he was clarifying stuff on his timeline as information came in. Um, You know, anyway, it it was a nice little exchange. Uh, As far as I knew, that was the end of it. Well, um, Sunday, about 1 p.m., I got a direct message from Darren. You know, I hadn't messaged him. All of our replies were just publicly on his page. And he said, could you come on my Twitter live show at nine PM tonight? Um, I kind you know I kind of looked at it again like is this a real account? Like uh, am I being punked? Um, and it was him, and I responded, well, of course I'd love to, and it, you know I didn't go into all this, but that's a huge opportunity for me. You guys know I'm small potatoes. <laughs> this whole thing I'm doing is pretty organic. I just like talking about cardboard, and it's grown from that. Um, and I also want to point out though, that I am picky when it comes to exposure. Um, just because somebody has a, a big following doesn't mean anything because if someone invites me on their show and I think that they purposely mislead people and they prey on people, well, I don't want that kind of exposure. I don't want to try and legitimize them in any way either. And that's not a knock on anyone, but that's just my personal philosophy. But I think overall that Darren means well. And I figured he wanted to talk about the Luca RPA and RPAs in general. So I started thinking about what I might say. And I made some notes from episodes I had done. I wrote down episode numbers, certain sales numbers, and so on. Um, and like I said, I re-listened to the conversation that i had had with Tone. Um, Darren sent me an email later that afternoon with an itinerary. Um, his show's 30 minutes long. There were going to be three guests, including... Um, ironically enough, the um, CEO of SGC, um, and I was scheduled to be on for eight minutes. I closed out the show, and trust me, I was honored to get those eight minutes. And the whole thing was really exciting for me. You guys that have, um, you know are listening or and have been for a long time, you've been a part of this journey. Um, I hope it was exciting for you too. I'm not going to spoil everything that we talked about. Uh, But we had a good little chat and I, at one point he uploaded it to YouTube. I'm pretty sure it's still there under the Action Network channel if you want to see it. Hopefully someday I'll get to go back again. Uh, But once again, I want to thank Jake for tagging me in that tweet. And I want to thank Darren for inviting me on his show. And, And interestingly enough, as I close out here, that show, that link, that conversation I had... Um is something I can then show other coworkers when they ask me what I did over the weekend. And the cycle of being an ambassador continues. Alright. Well, there you have it. Maybe you've had a recent opportunity to be an ambassador for the hobby. Let me know on my social media. Um, those of you that are commenting on my Instagram post, just know that I see your messages. I'm I'm still in Instagram jail. I don't know how to get out. So if anybody has a get-out-of-jail-free card, please let me know. I can't respond to anything. I can't add captions to my post. uh, But I do see your comments, so don't let that stop you. And sometimes I comment from another profile. So find me on my Instagram, which is at Wax Museum Podcast, or my Twitter, which is at Wax Museum PC. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Get up the Podbean site for a link to the merch Store. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. Or shop through my Fanatics link and I'll get a small cut. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast.